Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity M&A Group at Stagman Elliott. For today's special guests, I'd like to welcome Corey Peck, who is the co-founder and COO of Media One Group, and his partner, Derek Ryder, who is the co-founder and CEO of Media One Group. Corey, Derek, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Mario. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. So Media One has got a great story. Uh, I'd love to to talk about uh, Media One. I'm looking forward to, to hearing more, but I want to start by first uh, asking you to tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, and then we can uh, jump into and learn a bit about the history of Media One and uh, and what Media One's all about, but what the Media One group uh, focuses on. So maybe we'll start, Corey, with, if you want to start, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the we have an interesting origin story. So uh, Derek and I were both uh, graduates of uh, Ryerson University in the same year. Although we didn't know each other at the time, we met through a mutual friend who I had a uh, other business with. And after after that meeting, uh, Derek also had a, a small marketing business at the time. I had a small sort of content production business. And what had happened is uh, essentially Derek's business would just sub out work to our business to execute. And we ended up doing so much work together in about a I think 12 to 24 month period that we came together and said, hey, maybe we should just do this together uh, for real. And then so that was sort of how Media One was born. And that was uh, about 10 years ago now, coming up on, on 10 years, a little over 10 years. And Derek, tell us what Media One's all about. It's a great business. It's super interesting. Tell us a little bit about Media One itself. Sure thing. So. So Media One Creative uh, was the company re- we originally founded uh, here in Toronto, and it was all about storytelling. It was really about creating marketing content uh, for some really big brands, big banks, automotive companies, et cetera. And then what's, what's kind of evolved, especially over the last few years, is we've evolved the company into what we call Media One Group. So now, inclusive of Media One Creative, the, the initial agency that Corey and I uh, started 10 years back, as he mentioned, We've also included other agencies and other boutique kind of entertainment, advertising, and production companies all over the world. So the, the vision has grown. We've, we've always been a, a super fast-growing company, organically, et cetera. Um, but now the vision's really about seamless branded content across earned, owned, and paid. So we, we help brands get earned media attention. We get them picked up in the news. We help brands get entertainment pickup by creating films that end up selling to the likes of the Netflixes, the Hulus, the Disneys of the world. And then we create ads and right up to Super Bowl commercials. And it's been kind of a crazy journey, but it really comes down to content. If I could sum us up in one word, um, we're making some of the best audio and video content in the world across uh, a team of, of agencies that have decided to join the vision to be kind of the, you know, the sum of the parts are greater um, together. And that's, that's what Media One Group is really about. And that vision has been uh, an interesting thing because it's almost becoming a magnet for some of the world's best creatives. Corey, I I, uh, I want to build on what Derek said, and I, of course, don't want you to uh, necessarily disclose the secret sauce, but I have to ask a bit about the secret sauce in the sense that you've uh, started this business from scratch, the two of you, it continues to grow and grow strongly. So I got to ask if you could tell us what's the secret sauce, and uh, <laughs> I'll understand if you can't tell us all of it, but uh, you know, this has been a great story to see this company grow. What do you think is behind it or what's been driving it for you to the growth and the success of this business? Yeah, absolutely. I think something that 
has helped us is uh, putting in a what we'll call a formal management structure, probably going back about four or five years. And so with that structure, it's helped us create a clear set of core values, which is the filter in which we hire every single person, uh, whether they're a contractual employee or part of our leadership team. Um, so that makes sure you have the right people. And then we need to get everyone in the right seats. And that's having a clear, uh, a clear what we call our accountability chart. So we know who is accountable for what. And that makes sure you have the right people in the right seats. And then you have to make sure everyone's pointed in the right direction. And so we had set a vision that we updated back in 2020. Um, and and I'll, I'll tell you what it is, because this is really what we're working towards. And this has been the impetus of putting the group together. So by the year 2030, we will be recognized as a best place to work, producing award-winning content in over 50 countries across our 10 global offices with overall revenue of $100 million. And we set that out two years ago. It has an end date of 2030. And when we started then looking at, well, what's that look like three years from now? What are our annual goals? What are our 90-day priorities that we have to hit to all ladder up to that goal? That's kept us laser focused. And something that happened along the way is we realized that the best way to get to that goal by 2030, or likely much before 2030, is to do it by way of partnerships, um, and in in the soon future by way of mergers and, and acquisitions. And so that's sort of the path that we've now started down as of two years ago. And I'm interested to talk about your interest in M&A because you know, you've been really focused, you know, you're a growing company uh, and, and you're growing organically, but you're also trying to grow with M&A. And obviously it's not easy in Canada uh, for growing companies, uh, entrepreneurial companies to do M&A. Um, and I wanted to get a sense of your experience so far doing M&A and trying to grow the business by end. Derek, I wanted to get a sense from you. How, how is that going? How is that strategy playing itself out, the M&A strategy? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I've, you know, a lot of entrepreneur friends of mine that, that also have fast growing companies kind of say, well, yeah, like, what about, what about your core business? You know, how, how can you focus on that when your, your existing business is growing so quickly? But I think it's, um, you know, Corey mentioned it, the, the fact that we've built this strong leadership team, it really allows Corey and I to kind of focus on the business rather than in the business. So the reason why we've been successful, and I think why we're continuing to be successful there is the leadership team really run our core business. We've kind of made that uh, by design so that Corey and I can kind of focus on, on, the, on this bigger picture. And doing it out of Toronto and being the company that here is buying companies in America and in Europe is, uh, is different, right? It usually happens the other way around. But I think that, you know, when you have the right accountants, the right lawyers, the right bankers and the right vision, and you can focus on that, as long as the team is delivering and you're hitting, you know, those, those priorities, as Corey mentioned, you can get there. And I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of great businesses out there, at least in our space. And I don't think we're alone in terms of the, you know, middle market of, of M&A where there's great businesses, you know, founder led, they, they've been in business for 10, 15, 20 years, and they've kind of taken it to where they're comfortable. Uh, but we're giving them an opportunity to join our vision and to join this next chapter, which gives them a broader vision, which is exciting for them personally, for their management teams, their leadership teams, and their teams uh, overall. So I think that that's, that's a piece that's important, Mario. It's that, you know, you, you see this in optometric clinics, you see this in tattoo parlors, you know, these lots of different companies that have, or lots of different types of companies 
that might be boutique in nature and they're kind of really founder-led, founder-driven, it's not that different in marketing and advertising where you might have a, a really amazing director, a really amazing creative individual, um, but the business of growing the business isn't as excited as doing the stuff and making the films and making the content. And Corey and I, I think get really excited about the business of business. Um, and that's, uh, that I feel is really compelling to these other owner operators that have built something really special, but we've given them a vision and a platform for something even bigger uh, to take their business international and leverage the collective network of all of our team and capabilities. Uh, and that's where it kind of turns it up uh, to another, another degree. Corey, I know, you know, you've been really, pushing on your MA strategy, really trying to execute, what would you say has been the greatest challenge for your MA strategy? When you when you look at all that you want to do and and have been doing, what have you found to be the greatest challenge? Yeah. I to lift up what Derek was talking to, in in our strategy, it is to pull in really successful, uh, high reputation, high quality output, uh, creative businesses that are all founder led into a combined group offering that is global in nature that can execute the paid earned and owned requirements of marketing for our clients. And because of the founder led part, a lot of these businesses that we've been having conversations with in the past and continue to have conversations with now are, I would call they're off, they're off market, right? Like they don't have brokers. They weren't necessarily looking to merge or sell either in part or in full. Uh, and so a lot of the challenge has been, uh, which is probably true with any small business M&A, which is effectively what this is, is just you have to almost educate the business owners through the process as you're doing it. And so that can create can create bumps, it can create uh, delays. And because, because it's uh, owner and founder led, it's of course very near and dear to them. There's an emotional connection at times, entrepreneurs, uh, their their personal identity is intertwined with their business identity, and so uh, that's been something that has uh, I think probably made it a little bit slower than if you had someone who already had a broker and and was ready to go. I think the second thing, and I would say this is a uh, maybe a, a both a pro and a con, is that a lot of these uh, a lot of the people that are being pulled together into these groups moving forward. Uh, they're they're existing partners of ours. So these are these are agencies that we have multi-year long-standing relationships with. This is these are other companies in which we uh, pitch together, uh, we operate together behind the scenes. Our teams work together. We uh, share resources. And so what's been interesting is there's been a bit of a uh, it's almost the best form of due diligence because you're finding can you work together? Is the market responding to this joint offering? And you're able to prove that out in a fairly low risk setting because you're still uh, doing the transactions in, in a concurrent manner. But at the same time, uh, that's when uh, you have to sort of make that jump and educate on that process in the same way. So I think it's been, it's been interesting and it's been successful overall, but I think the biggest challenge to this is the time. It does definitely delay it uh, more than it would otherwise. Eric, one of the things I find the most exciting about Media One Group is it's an entrepreneurial company. It's a growing company. But in its M&A strategy, it has not been afraid to kind of look everywhere and anywhere to find that right fit. A lot of Canadian companies that are smaller, growing, kind of get scared sometimes to go beyond their, you know, their local surroundings, beyond Canada, beyond the province they're in. You have been uh, unabashedly uh, 
willing to go wherever there's a fit, like you say, a good fit, a vision, uh, a really collective uh, addition that kind of makes one and one three, if I can say it uh, simplistically. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the things that I know it's impressed me. But how how do you get comfortable doing M and A in far off places when when you know you yourself are you know, a growing company, a smaller company that's still uh, growing at home. Um, it's, it's been one of the exciting parts about media one group to see you, you know, not be afraid to put your vision in action, willing to take the risks, looking in places where other people in Canada for a company your size may not go. Um, and it's, it's incre- incredible to see. So I, I'm curious how you get comfortable with that strategy and what drives you to go there. Uh, well, thank you for that. I, I think, you know, I almost, uh, I almost blame our clients you know, it, the one thing that's uh, been fortuitous for us and, and over the last 10 years, we really have worked with the Fortune 500 and um, they don't care where you're working. They just want to work with the best. So uh, I, I've seen a lot of other entrepreneurs, like you mentioned, I think I think it's a, maybe a bit of a Canadian thing. It's like, OK, let's expand. We'll we'll buy a company out west. We'll buy a company out east, whatever it might be. We'll, we'll try to get a small office close in, in, in the U.S., uh, or a small boutique shop and, and build that way, you know, where as we are simultaneously doing acquisitions in Europe, in America, we're looking at Asia and we're looking seriously. And to your point, you know, we might be smaller in the grand scheme of things compared to other companies that are simultaneously doing a lot of cross-border M&A, but the clients seem to appreciate it. You know, when we're working with these large customers that have stories that are all over the world, it might be a bit of a a comfort level just because of the way marketing and advertising is produced. Like when we make a documentary, when we make a movie, you know, we're, we're doing work in nine or nine or 10 different countries. We're shooting all over the world. So I think that that kind of nature of the biz uh, kind of gives us comfort anyways, in terms of doing work all over. And I think it comes back to the best and brightest. It's um, if there's anything, I think this pandemic and this kind of time has taught us is, is you can have people anywhere. And um, that, that's pretty important because you don't want to limit yourself, I think, to a talent pool of just the market you happen to be in, uh, particularly when you're working with, as we do, some of the biggest companies in the world. Um, they want the best talent. And, and if that talent takes me to Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam, you know, that's where I'm flying and let's figure it out. Corey, I, I want to pivot a bit to kind of understanding well, all businesses have kind of had to pivot when it comes to, to COVID and the, the changes that COVID has brought for the business. And, and kind of, this is a two-part question, which is how have the last couple of years been for Media One Group? Um, you're obviously content heavy and how have you managed and and uh, the impact of COVID? But then I'm going to kind of start with Corey on that and then go link that, Derek, to, you know, and, and would love to get both of your thoughts to the future uh, and, and your thoughts about where you see your business in terms of where the market's going, where the, the broader economy is going and where, and where you see uh, Media One Group. So maybe I'll start with Corey. Corey, tell us about the impact of COVID on Media One Group and how you've uh, pivoted and how you've uh, had to, to deal with COVID. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the pandemic affected us as it did every business. Um, I would say an area that we were fortunate is that years prior, we had moved a lot of our, almost all of our infrastructure into the cloud. And so from a technical standpoint, we were up and running, you know, almost same day. 
uh, when we sent everyone home back in March 2020 to start working from home. Um, and because of the global nature of content marketing and content production generally, the infrastructure and the technology already existed to create work anywhere in the world and using you know secure transfers and other services that our IT team has put in place, be able to pull that back um, and get the work completed and, and delivered also anywhere in the world. So that was fortunate, I think, for us as an industry. Um, where we found the biggest challenge, it was in, I would say, more the collaboration and the spontaneous creativity that exists in our business. Often in a creative agency, you have teams of people that might find moments of inspiration in those walks to lunch or quick run-ins in the hallway or sharing ideas uh, or in a big brainstorming room. And so I think that is where we've noticed uh, the biggest challenge to overcome is how do you create that sense of uh, you know unity, camaraderie, or if you're you know working on a big pitch, things like this. Um, you know, no longer are you all together in a room late at night, you know, ordering pizza. Uh, you know, everyone's sort of at their house, possibly with young children. Uh, you know, things like this, and it, it just that's I think the biggest part uh, creatively that's been different. Um, and so we've been excited. We've been starting to, you know, as as is safe to do so, and as the regulations allowed, started moving back to the office and phased approaches. And we've already seen that spontaneity and creativity creep back in, and uh, that which has been great. And Derek, has the M and A strategy changed because of COVID? Uh, are you still uh, pushing hard on the M and A strategy, or have you had to pivot on the M and A strategy in the meantime? Uh, interestingly, no real change to the M&A strategy. If anything, it, it kind of reinforced that we were on the right path. The, you know, as kind of Corey mentioned, the technology was there, but the fact that we have this international business now with teams in Europe and teams in the States and teams in Canada, um, you know, if, if Ontario was shut down, we could film in New York. Or if, um, if, if our teams, uh, like very specifically at our, at our HQ in Toronto, couldn't come in or couldn't, you know, safely do a shoot, uh, there was there was a place we could do it in in our Los Angeles studio or our movie studio there, and I think that that's another benefit of, of the of the partnerships. You know, the, there was work that at one point in time, you know, the virus was particularly affecting one market, and they were able to ship work to the other market. And uh, so I think that that kind of, um, in, in in a strange way, kind of proved how important it is to have uh, you know Plan A, B, and C. Some some agencies and, and production companies that only had one market. Uh, to worry about if they couldn't do the work, uh, they were in pretty big trouble. So I think, I think it didn't change the M and A bit, um, but it definitely uh, reinforced our our thought on you know let's just find the best people wherever they are and and wherever those companies are, and uh, so it, it more or less just reinforced what we were what we were doing, and did it did it slow things down? I think definitely. I think everybody was you know. There, I think it expedited certain deals. I think it slowed down others because everyone was trying to, you know, make sure everything was going to be all right. Uh, but fortunately, we we got through it. You know, some contracts went away, like in-person events, these types of things. But we pivoted pretty quickly to other types of services and uh, relying on our partners and them relying on us. It's kind of like we all got through it together, which was uh, a really cool thing to see. And Corey, the, the now time for the crystal ball question. What, what, what does the future hold? Where do you see yourselves in the market and the opportunities? Where do you go from here? Yeah, so we have our North Star. Uh, we have our, you know, our 10-year target, which is our, our 2030 vision. So we're going to continue to work towards that. Um, 
from an M&A standpoint in particular, uh, I think what is going to continue to happen is that uh, we're in an industry that is very fragmented. Uh, and so us doing our part to consolidate uh, into a, a larger company that can produce great work and really execute on the needs of our clients at a global scale is something that we're going to continue to build toward. And, uh, you know, Derek mentioned at the top of the call, it's no different from, you know, op optometric clinics and tattoo parlors or dentistries. Um, these are all, you know, places that have really great talented people, owner operators that can benefit from uh, being more than the sum of their parts. And so we're going to continue on that, continue to our 2030 vision. And at, at this rate, there's uh, you know many ways where we get there in half the time. And so uh, we're excited about that. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what the future has. Derek, your thoughts, where you go from here, where, where does the future hold? Yeah, I think the, um, what gets me excited and kind of gets me up in the morning is just this, proliferation of content. I mean, you know, here we are doing a podcast. This is content, right? So uh, I don't think content's going anywhere, uh, which is kind of the space we're in. I think how we watch it, how do we interact with it, you know, is the next podcast, uh, you know, is the next meetup in the metaverse? Is, is you know, are we are we going to be doing holograms? What, whatever the technology is, we'll, we'll keep up with it because our clients keep us honest and keep us at the bleeding edge. But I think that if there's a stat that jumped out at me, I think content viewership on all of our devices, we're all spending more time on our phones, but especially during this time. Uh, but it's up about 70%. Um, I think that was recent uh, lead from, from Gartner. And it's just a ridiculous number when you think about it. And if you look at all of the major VOD platforms and you know the Disney Pluses of the world, the Hulus, et cetera, just the, the need for content is uh, ballooning. And, and we see that in the entertainment space. We see that with the multiples and marketing advertising. Um, and the IP, I think, is the critical piece, Mario. So one of the things that I feel uh, that great brands are going to do and, and, and great agencies and product companies are going to do is build their own IP and build out that IP in a way that really protects, similar to a technology company. But if we look at what we create as our IP, um, and the more that we create, the, the, the way that we build that database of amazing work, um, the more powerful it becomes. So, you know, in, in short, I would say, I think content, uh, you know, I'm clearly bullish on it. I think that there are so many small to mid-sized companies in the content space that, you know, partnered up with, with like-minded owner operators uh, can really take on uh, the, the big clients and, and put, put up a fight against some of the big multinational hold codes. And uh, that's exciting. And that's the kind of quest that we're on, but it's, there's so much work out there. Content is exploding and it's a, uh, it's a fun space to be in, and uh, I, I don't I don't see content slowing down. I think if anything, the space is growing. There's going to be even more work for for everyone, and it's it's a good time to be uh, in the entertainment marketing world. It's a it, it's a fun time. Well, Corey, Derek, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, if you ever need somebody to come work for you, I want to put my hand up. Uh, after after hearing you both, I I, I want to change careers. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you both for joining us today. It's been uh, wonderful to hear not only about yourselves, but the you know how you created Media One Group, how you're growing it, and and just your energy and enthusiasm for the for the potentials for the company for the future. So thank you, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Mario. We'll, we'll make a movie anytime. <laughs> All right, great, great to be on. Thanks for having us.